Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To 53342. New York, call the 24 7 Hope Line at 1 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y for 67369. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back to another episode of Growing Up The Same. I'm your host, Trevon Edwards, joined by my co-host, Jason Madison. And we're joined with a special guest, Corey Towns. What's happening? What's happening? Now, Corey is a creator and a DJ, born and raised in Philly, currently resides in Brooklyn, and he's also the creator of Function Worldwide. Welcome, Corey. I'm going to start this off with my segment. It's called One of the Two. Okay. You rapid fire, you tell me which one you like. 
Okay. I'm with it. Let's get it. Game Boy or Game Gear? Game Gear. Jim Carrey or Adam Sandler? Adam Sandler. Ooh. Adam Sandler. All right. Wild Wild West or After Earth? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. Uh, fuck. Wild Wild West, because I've seen Wild Wild West. I never saw After Earth. I, I heard you many things. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Um, Power Rangers or Transformers? Transformers. Cassidy or Gilly the Kid? Cassidy. Uh, Kobe as the number eight or the 24? 24. Carter one, two, or three? Oh, shit. Carter three. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, Carter two? Carter two. <laughs> All right. A free house for a year or free traveling for a year? Free house. Uh, Questlove or DJ Premier? Shit. Quest love. Turntables or CDJs? Turntables. LLC Twitter or woke Twitter? <laughs> woke Twitter. Woke Twitter got Dr. Umar, man. Like, what? <laughs> LLC Twitter don't got nothing for that. Um, Final Fantasy or Tekken? Tekken. The Tesla Model X or the new Ford Bronco? Ford Bronco. Napster or LimeWire? LimeWire, for sure. Um, Edrin James or Ricky Williams? Ooh, shit, at the edge. For the whole world to have Wi-Fi everywhere or for 1K a month for everyone? 1K a month. Okay. Dinner with Jay-Z or 50K? <laughs> Man, you better give me that 50K. <laughs> Checking, just checking. I'm living, man. I'm still paying rent, man. This shit is crazy. Give me that fifty. I feel you. Uh, bad boy or death row? Bad boy. Crooklyn or baby boy? Baby boy. Pam or Gina? Pam. Pam had the ham. <laughs> Pam had the yams. Pam had yeah. Pam had the yams. The ham. Pam was the wham. Pam. East Coast or West Coast? East Coast. Sorry. Rick Ross or Two Chains? Ross. Ross got that tonight, boy. Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to my roommate. I was talking about I called my roommate maybe like 20 minutes ago, man. And he was just like, man, I cut all mafia music. I don't know what you play after that. And I was just like, right. I, I don't I don't like that matchup. That's it's not a good matchup for two chains. You got too many, dog. Just the records with Drake alone. You know what I'm saying? Like he could just get slappy with four, five of them. Then, like, he goes into the albums. He got mixtapes. He got Khaled songs. He got, you know what I'm saying? It's just, Ross got too many different types of records. Yeah. I feel like, like too many different types of records. I feel like 2 Chains, by and large, he, 2 Chains got records. I don't want that to go. I was going to say, I was going to step in. He no, on 70% of the radio, by the way. No, 2 Chains got records. But I think, and I've, I've, I've noticed this with, the entire versus concept, it's a mix. Whoever wins is a mix of a bunch of things. Song selection, how and when they play it, uh, you know, a certain, a certain sense of nostalgia to it. 
Like when when I I, I know I wouldn't be surprised. I could see him not playing it, but if two chains played like pop that, I mean I'm sorry if 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 Ross played pop that, right? Like right. everybody's gonna think back to that summer when pop that came out, which was crazy. Yeah, it was like I'm I don't know. I, I just think I think Ross has too many different types of records that. And it's kind of like everyone praises Rick Ross for his beat selection. So it's kind of like people ain't really hitting two chains with that. Right. You and know? we already know, like, chains got shit. You know what I'm saying? But like you said, it's more so all in one wave. The club, the club. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like it's all club rappers. shit. Yeah, like, yeah, like. And I'm not saying he doesn't have, you know, introspective records or anything like that. What You kind of got to look at it from who you're playing to. You're playing for the people. Like, you can't necessarily just play for, you know, your fans and stuff like that. But, I mean, it's going to be entertaining. Like, I'm, I'm definitely, when this shit is over, I'm about to go get make make me a drink and, <laughs> and tune in. But, no, that, that game was fun as hell. That shit was fun. <laughs> Glad you fuck with it. For sure. All right. So, um, from our previous conversation, Corey, yeah. you know, we, we, we all grew up the same because we all like toys. But yep. what was some of your favorite toys growing up? Listen, G.I. Joe action figures. Okay. G.I. Joe action figures, for me, was like, it was the most versatile toy anybody could get because they came in all sorts of, like, you know, not necessarily sizes. And I ain't talking about, like, the big 12-inch joints. I mean, like, the little small kind of, like, figures. Yeah, like, right. the actual, like, figures or whatever. And, you know, like... There's just this mad versatile, bro. Like, you know, as a kid, you got a heavy imagination. You are creating scenarios with them and stuff like that. Like, I remember, and I never, like, I never, I will never forget this. So I used to get the little G.I. Joe action figures, the G.I. Joe men or whatever, all the time. My grandmother, may she rest in peace. You know, back around, like, Christmas, you know, that's when, you know, the uh, the brochure would come around, come to get mailed to the crib. And, like, you know, she always hit me. My grandma was my dog. She'd be like... You know, hey, circle what you want. And I'll just be like, all right, bet. So I remember one year, I don't know if it was like some off-site company or something, but there was a company that was not G.I. Joe, but made like action figures like that. And like for the amount, for the same amount that you could buy maybe like 10 G.I. Joe men with the name brand, you could get a box that was like this big, stocked to the brim of them joints. And my grandma saw that shit and bought me that joint, bro. I was in heaven forever. Cause like, ain't like I ain't need nothing else. It was just mad like characters and stuff like that. But like if I had to pick one toy in life, it was definitely that. I would have to say, me growing up, I'm like two years older than you. Mm. Um the Power Ranger, Ninja Turtle, and I forgot who else, where you push the button and the head flip. Like where it changed, where you could push the head into oh, yeah, the chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the, uh, like, like VR troopers, I think. Yeah. Well, no, nah, you just was. I don't even know. Like, I guess I, I don't know. Oh, if, I don't know. Had, I don't right? know. If, I don't know if Mattel ran that, but whoever it was that was all in that parent company, they had those same figures where you push the back and then the head ducks and then it turns into something else, or you can just kind of flip it in. Was, yeah. And yep. the joints was good money, and they had the kung fu ninja grip. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where you could <laughs> yeah. put the little weapons in there and. Man, it was, it was really exciting time to be a kid. Jason, what toys? What toys did you have? No, I, I like the Power Rangers too. I was gonna mention that with the flip. Yeah, I was a I was a Lego kid for sure. I fucked with mm. all Legos. Yeah, Legos go hard. You know what I'm saying? Building shit with the Legos, 
But I like the Transformers also for the versatility. Because you can have a car and you got an action figure. Got an action figure. You flip that Optimus Prime, that Bumblebee up, you know what I'm saying? That Jazz up, niggas would be, you know what I'm saying? Getting (laughs) Niggas be acting. Imagination would just run wild after that. The car's flying. You're doing all kind of shit in the room, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, I used to love to to fuck with Legos because you could build something and then you could fucking crash some shit into it in the middle of the day and do, see what I'm saying, do some other, other shit with it. So I always fucked with Legos. Yeah, you step on a Lego, though, your whole week over. It's, it's over. It's over. And I had a, I had a bucket of Legos, too. I had a bucket of Legos, too, so I used to try to build whatever was on the front of the bucket, hoping yeah. that all the pieces was in there, but it was all uneven. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was crazy, man. So I'm an anime, I'm an anime guy myself. Yep. You in an OG anime. And and when, yeah. and when you say OG anime, what do you mean by OG anime? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I was a kid. So, I, I learned. So, I have an uncle um, who was 13 years older than me. And he's like, he kind of like served as like my big brother. And he kind of got me on a lot of different things of like, you know, anime movies and stuff like that. So, when I say OG, it may not necessarily be like OG for the world, but I guess kind of like OG for me in a sense. Um, so like, I remember some of my favorite movies back in the day was like, it was a joint called, um, the Venus Wars was like, it was like a, a classic of mine, a joint that I watch all the time. Um, obviously Akira, uh, I used to, I used to be really heavy. Like obviously I used to like video games and learning as a kid that like, well, first off, like we all, like podcast said, we all grew up the same. I didn't know that the Japan the Japanese market shitted on the American market. Easy like, call. All the stuff that we had, I'm like, oh yeah, we got the John Blaze. No, the Japanese market had the John Blaze. They had the different toys that didn't never saw the light of day over here. They had the different cartoons and stuff like that, never saw the light of day. So like, I used to be really big into like obviously like the Street Fighters. Um, I was definitely more Street Fighter than Mortal Kombat. Like mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat was okay, but it felt a little too like no pun, like, cartoony for me, Street Fighter was the shit. So when I learned that, like, they actually had, like, Street Fighter animes and mangas and, like, shows and movies and stuff, that's the stuff I used to watch. Like, I remember, uh, I don't know if y'all remember, like, Fatal Fury? Yeah. Not Fatal Fury. Uh, Final Fight? Final Fight, like, King of Fighters and stuff yeah, like King that. King of Fighters, yeah. 95 and all that. So, like, 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 I used to watch, they have, they have, a, they have, like, a series of, like, three movies that I used to watch like OD and then there was like the other stuff so it was like the Dragon Ball Z's um I didn't really get jiggy with like the Sailor Moons you know obviously but like I always remember that kind of being on Ronin Warriors was my shit like that was like my shit my shit um yeah and I kind of like stuff like that so like when I guess when I said the phrase like OG anime um I kind of meant it for the time like I didn't grow up and my love for anime kind of stayed the same of finding new stuff so, like, you know, like, the one punches and, like, all the stuff that kind of is out, like, now, um, I kind of stayed in that little, like, bubble of, like, yeah, this is the stuff that I, I like to rock with and stuff like that. How you feel about anime being popular now, right? Because niggas used to get teased for watching anime. Yes. Right? I mean, I think, it's, I think it's dope, man. Like, I mean, you know, I think all of that stuff, like, all the things that we used to think as kids, as young black kids, like, no matter how you grew up, whether you grew up in the hood, suburbs, whatever, like, all those things that as young black kids we looked at or was looked at as, like, incredibly nuanced, like, things that we just thought it was just us, like, oh, yeah, it's just me, 
watching this anime or it's just me, you know, listening to this, you know, alternative music or like watching the MTVs and shit like that. For all that shit to become popular, I think it's dope. Like, you know, you're right. We used to get teased like shit. They just could not be coming to school listening to Blink-182. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, yo. I, with that. <laughs> I, remember, I remember I had a phase. It might have been like maybe sixth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade. That like, this was like prime time peak MTV, like MTV programming. So like the spring breaks, um, uh, uh, all the shit that used to come on, like the late night, like the singled out, um, yeah. you know. All, all that stuff, just all the programming that used to come out at that time, I right. fell for that music hard. Because I was just like, yo, I don't know why I like this. Yeah. Fire. Yeah. Artists like, say what? Ultrasound. Yes. Like, all that. Uh, 12 Angry Viewers. Like, because uh, like, yeah. if, if not for nothing else, it just, like, it introduced me to a diff- just a different type of music. You right. know, in the hood, it was labeled as white people music. But, like, all in all, it's like, it's alternative. It was rock. And I remember at that point in time, like, in the early 2000s, that's when a lot of those, um, that's when a lot of those bands used to use like rap shit in it. So like you had a band like a Blink, a Blink One Eighty Two, you had bands like Sum Forty One, like you had bands that like, you know, like the Corns and I, I ain't go like Slipknot far. That was a little yeah, shouts to Slipknot. Um, but like like but like the Corns and stuff like that. And you know you would hear this shit. I'm like, yo, bro, this don't sound like yeah, it sounds like rock, but like niggas is rapping like. No lie, bro. Uh, I was working with all of that. Corn was hard. Corn was hard. Like corn was hard. Like yeah. I don't, I don't know if it was true if they was really racist. I remember hearing that as a kid and being like, "Oh, I fell off they set." But like right. corn was hard back in the day. Like nah. I remember, um, Jonathan Davis got a remix of of uh, Year Two Thousand with with Exhibit. I don't know if you remember that song. No, so <laughs> so I don't remember that exact record. But yeah. like I remember, I, I do remember Corn Exhibit did some shit. You figure like um, Limp Biscuit had like the Rolling Rap remix, right? Like the Rolling Rock remix. Like yeah. they were in, they were p- bringing rap music into their stuff. Like the song Butterfly by Crazy Town. I don't know why that shit bangs with me so crazy. Right. I loved that record when it first came out, and then come to find out, like there's a there's the end of the song that a guy is DJing on. It turned out to be DJ AM. You know what I'm saying? Like. Who's a legend? You know what I'm saying? And like learning that later in life, I'm like, oh shit, I never knew that. It kind of just showed that like back in those times, like yeah, like it wasn't just me. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, because that was the thing. It was always like, yeah, I'm probably you know I'm the only one of my friends who's listening to this or watching this or things yeah. of the sort. So like for now, to so that stuff to be popular, man, that's just dope. Yeah, right? I'm gonna have to blame Tony Hawk from for my uh, discovery 100%. of, of <laughs> that music because it was definitely just kind of. You know, main menu screen stuff or player selection and and sometimes free runs and stuff like that. And I was just overly like, okay, this shit not too bad. You it ain't that bad. You start listening to it because at first you go into it like, man, I just want skateboard, bro, yeah. and that's it. Then yeah. you start playing, you be like, man, this shit all right. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's how I got got kind of crazy about um, Paramore and, and you know what I mean, like, yo, black I, people love Paramore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them and um, what's the other band, bro? Uh, I fuck with Maroon Five hard too. Yeah, I mean, like, first you know, they first album. And this, the funny thing is, man, is that like if you actually start looking into like who was literally making the music back then, it wasn't just like like they they had a lot of like if not black collaborators, people who worked in black music to right. like 
oh shit, like yeah, like you know whether it's producers, whether it was this, whether it was that, like you know, even if you look at like the whole boy band era, it's like you could tell, like I don't know, I've never been a Backstreet Boys dude. I was always an Instinct nigga because I was like, I don't know why Instinct sound like they got a little bit more soul. And All then right. now that you look, come on here, it's my little brother. Got my little brother in the building. You can sit down. <laughs> sure, nigga. Um, but no, nah, then, you know, then you got a situation where it's kind of like, uh, you know, like you start listening to, you start listening to the instincts and stuff like that. And you'd be like, oh, all right, I could rock with them. I could rock with them or whatever. Then I remember when, when instinct dropped, what was that gone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yo, like, I don't know if they did that in every radio station, but I never forget in Philly on, on, if we had a, a radio station, Power 99, which was like the main hip hop and R&B station. I remember one night they were like, we're going to play this new record. We want everybody to tell us what you think. And they played Gone. And, like, I remember people called up, and they was like, yo, that record's so hard. That record is fire. This, this, and this. Like, who was that? And da, da, da. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's sync." And everybody was kind of like, what? Like, yeah, that was sync." Yeah. It kind of just shows, man, like, yo, man, that stuff comes around. And, like, yeah, for, for folks to kind of have impact on that now or, like, for that to kind of come back around, I'm, I'm with that. Calling yourself an sync nigga is funny. <laughs> like yo, I'm an NC oh, nigga. Yeah, that's a sick yeah. ass type, to be honest. Like that's hilarious to me. Um, but to transition off of this, the last the last topic um, before we hop into some quick hitter questions was yep. uh, NCAA football. Um, yep. Was you just an all around college football fan? Are you talking about the video games, or are you specifically talking about a specific team in your area? Yeah. So, uh, and it's funny too because. As as I listened to the question, I, I probably would have changed my answer a little bit. So, like like I said, I was really big. Like, I got introduced to a lot of shit from my uncle. And the first sport I ever fell in love with was hockey. Like, like OD. Like, I played hockey. Like, like I played rollerblade hockey on ice hockey. Like, the whole nine. Like, I fell in love. Like, I, like football and basketball, for whatever reason, I just really wasn't messing with it. I think in hockey, I like the fact that you could hit people hard as shit. They was fighting. Like, that was kind of what drew my initial interest to it. So, was it a Ducks thing? You said what? Was it a Mighty Ducks thing? Or no, it was, it was actually before the Mighty Ducks. Like, back yeah. back in, like, the early to mid-90s, like, you know, the the, uh, the Flyers had, you know, like, like the Flyers was, was, was all right. We didn't win the chip. But, yeah. like, we had good players. We had guys like Eric Lindros, John LeClaire, stuff yeah. like that. So, like, you know, we had dudes. And I remember, like, video games really got me into it because I would always buy the, like, the NHL 94, NHL 95. Classic. That's the greatest game of all time, honestly. Dog. So, like, and, like, for me, you know, just with, you know, my dad being who my dad is, he had partnerships with EA Sports. So he would come home with the bag of all the games. That's like, killer. Every single game. And, like, I would always just have him and play them shits. So... Hockey was my first thing. I started getting into football through college football. It was something about, like, and I couldn't necessarily categorize it at the time, but it was something about, like, the pageantry of it, the energy of it. Like, you know, the, you could really feel this sense of rivalry that wasn't, you know, just kind of like, oh, I just play for this team now. We just don't like each other. Boom, boom, boom. Um, you know, but it was it was really on some shit. Like, yeah, man, like, college football was ill. Like, I never forget, like, you know, seeing Florida and Florida State always play. And, like, being from Philly, because Philly doesn't have, like, a distinct, like, college. Like, we had Temple, we had Temple, but Temple football sucked. And right. Penn State 
is halfway across the state. So, like, we don't really rock with them like that. So it allowed me to kind of be a fan of the sport. Right. And then, you know, I, I fell in love with it. Like, you know, and I always, I became a kid that just, like, knew mad random facts and, like, knew players very fast. And they'd be like, oh, like, oh yeah, that's, that's, that's Chaffee Fields. He was a wide receiver at Penn State. Or that's Peter Ward. You know what I'm saying? Like I remember Anquan Bolden in college, who was a beast. Like yeah, he's a beast. A beast. I, yeah, I'm a Niners fan, so I was all oh, man okay. when he got on my squad, bro. I was so excited, and I used I just used to call him big and strong because I'm like my nigga's just strong as fuck, bro. And like knowing what I know now, he wasn't necessarily the fastest. Yeah. But when you looked at him, yo, Anquan Bolden was ripped. So yeah. like he catching that shit, and he might like stiff arm you, like he might go and juke you. He's not gonna do all the air fly shit, but he was a horse. Yeah, and like tackle. Dog. But then you had guys like him, and you had guys like like Peter Ward, who yeah, to okay. this day, I don't know how he didn't become like a complete yeah. legend in Peter Ward was was it. Like I remember watching the Randy Moss documentary to find out that Peter Ward, Brandy Moss, and uh oh, I forgot the other dude's name on Florida State. That fast. It was Peter Ward. It was somebody. It was the dude who was with Peter Ward. Like, it was the one and two. And when Randy Moss was supposed to go to Florida State, them three dudes on the same team would have been nuts. Whew. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, I really, yeah, I found myself really getting into football. Like, I was into football, football with uh, the University of Miami 2001 team. Okay. Um, so, like, that's like, that was, you know, Sean Taylor, Jonathan Vilma. Ken Dorsey, Willie, like Willie McGinnis, Frank Gore, Andre Johnson, um, Santana Moss, Mike Rump, like all those dudes. Like, yeah, college football was it back in Jason, the day. Jason, are you an SC guy? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I, 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 you know, Pete was fortunate enough to come actually recruit a couple guys at my school when we was playing. Oh, sure. And um, I played wide receiver. I wasn't that good. I was just fast. And um, oh. my DB coach, the DB coach um, – went to U of O. So he was like, yo, you got, you got grades. And I was like, yo, I don't want to play football though. Like, <laughs> like, cause I was playing, but like I could turn something into like, you know, obviously Hail Mary routes. They were using me like D Jack. Yeah. So I was, off. I was off of it. Cause like our, our medical staff wasn't like up to par in Compton. It was kind of like, man, you got a headache, like take an aspirin and go back <laughs> in. But I like low key. I had like three concussions. I was just a little cat. So, I was off that shit, but like got got to see got to meet Pete Carroll and all that other stuff because I had the grades, so I got a chance to talk to him. All right, but that 05 team, that was like Mike Williams, Reggie Bush, um, Matt Reggie Bush and all those Linda, dudes. Yeah, 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 they was so od, and then obviously just cracking from the city and like me going to another school. It was kind of odd because I actually went to a D one, and then mm-hmm. rooting for SC, it just kind of bugging me out. But you know, <laughs> I had to represent the crib. But yeah, college football is the shit. You know, Jason to know. That was my freshman year of college, bro. Yeah. And that was the most amazing shit to ever see and be a part of. I, I only applied to two schools, and USC was one of them. You know what I'm saying? They waitlisted me, whatever. But I ended up going to school at LMU, like, right down the street. So, and we didn't have no football team. So, yeah, so it's like, I was already an SC fan anyway, you feel me? So, we had Reggie Bush, nigga, like, this nigga's the best football <laughs> player i ever seen. You feel me? I'm like, what? Like, I'm, I'm going up to SC every weekend, like. Nigga, I feel like I went there. Yeah. I'm like, these niggas all, you feel me? Yeah, they, was, they was on. They had the city cracking. They was, it. they was it. And, like, I mean, it's 
it's funny because I think one of the main things that I did like about that I've always liked about college football kind of over the pros is kind of like the disparity, right? Like, you know, obviously recruiting is a thing, of course, and stuff like that. But it's like, you know, back in like in the 10 years from the 90s to the 2000s, pretty much the same teams always won in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it was, it was the Patriots in the 2000s, but like, it was mad Cowboys. I'm an Eagles diehard Eagles fan, so fuck the Cowboys. So like, I ain't really trying to watch that shit, bro. Whereas like every year, somebody was the new John Blaze in college football. Like, you know, I remember I never like, I didn't. I never watched USC when Troy Paul Mawu played there. But like, we start getting Mike Williams. You start because I, I Mike Williams brought me to USC. Like watching him, I was like, oh shit. Like nah, like he it. Like the one hand catch. I'm in the end zone where left hand ain't play today. I still remember that call. Like, then you get guys like Reggie Bush, and I'm just like, man, like, who who don't want to watch something like this? Like, right, quit playing. Like, who don't want to watch this? Like, he just he moves side to side. Nobody moves side to side in football. You move north and south, but he did that, and yeah. it was just crazy, man. Like, it's crazy. I think to see those runs and see teams have those runs where like they were the team, like kind of how like Alabama is now, but. Alabama kind of seems like, like a dictatorship, man. Like, you know Nick Saban be giving them boys uh, Hellcats and just being like, yo, man, just <laughs> just ball out for me and you get this car and shit. But That's a sick trade-off to get a Hellcat. All right, uh, so <laughs> what's, your, what's the first CD you bought as a kid? What's the first CD I bought? Um, shit. So that's uh, – uh, so, okay, no, I can't answer that. The first CD I ever bought, it was a bootleg. It was uh, Rockefeller vs. D-Block um, when they were beefing. Okay. Um, I got it from the bootleg, man. Like, most times, like, a lot of CDs that I wanted, we had in the crib just because, like, I lived in a music household. So, like, and I got young folks. I got young parents. So, like, you know, if my mom wasn't listening to it, my dad or my stepdad wasn't listening to it, like, it would just probably be in there. But, no, nah, Rockefeller vs. D-Block, I remember I bought that shit with my own bread. And that shit was worth every penny. I sent Trey to, uh, what was it, the Jadakiss or was it the Benny Siegel disc I sent you before you, you played that? one of them. Yeah. Oh, and that battle? Both of the disses was hard, but Jadakiss uh, rapping over that, that funny-ass beat. Then... Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 to block a trade-off. I sent the, 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 I stopped the spray off. Yeah, like, yeah. No, that was thing, a- I don't think a lot of people talk about like you had to be you had to be of age and in that era and be fans of them to really talk about that. Like yeah. they don't talk about that now. The Jadic like the D block versus Rockefeller beef was crazy. Yeah. Like yeah. crazy because it was like it was like multiple beefs happening at one time. Like, you know, you had Rockefeller, you know, and then you had like the state property, like you just had a, a group of just niggas that rapped. And it's kind of like, yeah, Jay is a big homie. I don't like he's off handling Nas. We'll take everybody else on, no problem. Like, and then it became a thing of like, you know, D, like the locks doing the freestyle at Powerhouse, which is Philly's biggest, like it was Philly's biggest musical concert, like annual concert every year. Like you came to Philly and rapped about them niggas in Philly. That was crazy. Like state property going up to Hot 97 with Flex. That's crazy. Like. It's yeah. <laughs> a lot of disrespectful shit was happening, and you gotta love it. That was the vital time of hip hop. 
I uh moving on. Um who was your hero growing up? Uh my pops. My pops, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, for me, like, you know, and for those who don't know, like, you know, my dad is DJ Jazzy Jeff. Um, I feel like growing up, growing up for me was very unique. Like, you know, I come from Southwest Philly, which is, well, at least at the time, it was kind of like lower middle to middle class. Um, so like, you know, I was able to have a pretty, um, you know, not humble, but like, you know, down to earth, like kind of like lifestyle and stuff like that. But I was also able to see and experience things that kids my age, you know, probably never would have gotten a chance to at a young age. And those experiences kind of showed me that, you know, things were possible. Like leaving Philly was possible. Like to be able to do whatever it is that I want to do and to dream big was possible. Like, you know, I always tell people I I knew I wasn't going to have a quote unquote regular job at an early age. And that's not me shitting on the regular jobs. It just the same way that, you know, people are like, yo, you could go to school and be a this or that. I knew that like I would, I, I had an example of like, yo, if music is my thing and I want to be a musician and that's, if I want to make it being a musician, I can do that. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, to see my dad, you know, to see my dad on TV every Monday night, you know what I'm saying? was crazy to hear my dad on the radio was crazy. Um, it's funny enough, like, I actually didn't, I actually didn't know, like, I, I was a fan of my father because he was my father most of my life. And then it took me the summer before I went to college, before I found myself, like, really listening to all his old work. And I was just like, nah, like, yeah, he good because he my dad, but he's also like, this nigga is fire. Like, I would like him if we didn't have family. <laughs> yeah, if he wasn't yeah, your dad. Legit. Um, and that and that's both as a DJ and as a producer. You know what I'm saying? Where I'll just be like, damn dog, like no, like he's really ill. And you know, I mean, for for me for me to go into the journey that I that I've had that I've had going on, um, and then to essentially now kind of come full circle as a DJ, like I taught myself how to DJ at the top of last year. And, you know, like I, I kind of thought about doing it before. There was probably a bunch of reasons why I never really did it, but I always say that DJing found me when it was supposed to. And, right. you know, to be a DJ now and, you know, to be a D to be a DJ now as a son of, you know, one could say I personally feel as though nobody is the greatest DJ to ever live. Like, you know, it, it doesn't have as many hangups as one would think. Um, but it does, you know, it's kind of like I, I can look literally in the mirror and just be like, I can look and just be like, yo, that's that's what I'm trying to get to. Like, that's where I'm trying to be. You know what I'm saying? If not necessarily, it may not necessarily be the same skills or technical aspects or anything like that, but I want to have the same type of impact as he has had one day. If I can do that, I, I've, I've, I feel like I've, I've fulfilled my purpose. How do you personally feel about summertime? I love it. I mean, it's, it's funny, man. Like, 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 I think people nowadays and like, you know, I've learned this just, you know, in my days as a music writer, you know, people use the word like timeless and classic so much, you know, even with, you know, even with the podcast being called Grown Up the Same, like Summertime is a record that people can hear and all have the same experience to and come from completely different lives. Like, 
summertime might remind you of some like of literally summertime wherever y'all from. You know what I'm saying? Summertime for me reminds me of cookouts. You know what I'm saying? Cookouts in Southwest, cookouts in West Philly. You know, being up at the plateau, like I was actually like, in the video. So like for me, whenever I hear summertime, I think like, oh shit. I don't know why my mom put me in that hot ass red hoodie, you know, for a summertime video and all these other kids running around with kids with shoes and shorts. Like, yeah, it may not have been that hot out, but like I, I ain't fit I ain't fit the vibe of the video. I, like mom, you kinda got me looking crazy out here. But um, you know, it, it's humbling. It's humbling in a sense to just kind of just be like to see, you know, some work that, you know, my father, goddamn, my father and, you know, a member of my family has put on and still has that classic, you know, has that classic title to it. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's humbling and it's, and it's dope. And it's, it's something I'm very proud of. I'm very proud of him and all the work he's done. And, you know, I'm proud of Summertime and how long it's lasted. Yeah, man, I, uh, I actually was inspired by that song to make a song with uh, my cousin Dom Kennedy called Watermelon Sunday. We love summertime. Wait, what? 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 Okay, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait. Yeah. That's okay. That's crazy. Yeah. That's fire. Yeah. Nigga, I love that song. That's dope. That's and Jason you know, weak ass verse. <laughs> <laughs> but but Yo, you that's know. fire, bro. Yo, yo, that's what's up. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it, man. But you know, it's crazy that I feel like in the and for our generation, that song is kind of reaching a, a sort of a classic status, right? Hell and that was our, that was our whole intent was based off of summertime and the and the way it made us feel. You know what I'm saying? That's and we right. want to people feel that same feeling, and it, you know, luckily for some people, I feel like we have. So, you know, I definitely. I, like I feel like for songs like that, man, like you know, I'm not. I haven't gotten to the point where I'm actually creating music yet. Um, you know, it's something that I kind of see coming. But yeah. like, I feel like there there is something very special about music in the sense and in the way that it captures moments for us, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if it's if it's summertime for some people, if it's Watermelon Sunday, if it's Watermelon Sunday for others, where, you know, you remember, oh, shit, I remember that cookout where I met Shorty. And, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, that was when I first met such and such. Or, oh, that was the time that this thing happened. And stuff like that. Like when you hear music like that, and it immediately takes you back, like yeah. that's the shit that's timeless. That's the shit that provides nostalgia. That's the shit that provides like those moments and those memories where it's like, yeah, people are gonna be listening 20 years from now and being like, yo, Watermelon Sunday was my shit. Yo, right. Summertime was my shit. And like, it don't matter how far you've gotten from that moment, you can hear that record and you can immediately think back to that shit. Yeah, for sure. So let me ask you this. What was it like for you growing up with Will Smith as like your uncle? <laughs> I mean, it was it was cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, obviously me growing up and me still living in Philly, I grew up at a time where he was out LA and literally like establishing and creating his career. So, you know, I'd be lying if I said like I saw him all the time, we hung out all the time. Um but one thing that I will always say about Will, especially me growing up and even now, is that when he sees me, it's still like I'm I'm little Corey. You know what I'm saying? Like it ain't like 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 Will is very much Will is very much of like a like from Philly. Yeah. And like he's a Will's a Philly nigga. Like 
Don't get it. Don't get it messed up. Like it ain't like you know he's done a lot. He's achieved a lot. But like being from the crib is something that's very ingrained in him, mm-hmm. and you see that as somebody who like he's known all of essentially he's known me all of my life. You know what I'm saying? And, and vice versa. So like you know it will always be a little weird to like go to the movies and see Will, and I'll just be like, man, that's Will. You know what I'm saying? Like because to me that's Will. Like I, I don't I don't really have that sense of like you know, uh, uh, starstruckness or, like, fandom for that. Like, he's always just been, like, kind of, like, you know, like you said, like, an uncle to me and stuff. But, you know, it's been cool. I'll, I, It's funny. I made a joke to my dad the other day that um, I was like, yeah, after Will did Ali, I never play fought with Will ever again. <laughs> right. you like, I don't want to dance. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, no. Because it's just like, you know, I, I think we were talking about how, like, how cool it is as an actor or actress that if you do some of these roles, you get these roles and like you have to train for them. Yeah. And, like those those skills don't go away. Like yeah. in the movie, like you put it on your DNA after that. Like because you, you if you're doing this shit for you know ten weeks, twelve weeks of training, like we I think we start I think we start talking about like John Wick, and I'm like, bro, can you imagine how fire it must be for Keanu Reeves like to train for a movie to to get a movie and to do a movie well? He had to train himself for like like how to handle guns and shoot guns and shit. Now, at this right. point, run up on Keanu Reeves right now and see what happened. Got that I thing on, on Neo before that. Get <laughs> word. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, like, you know, I, I bring it to Will. It's like, yo, like, Will became Muhammad Ali. Like, trained to be Muhammad Ali. Like, yeah, you try that. Like, he's, he would punch you, and the shit would not be like, ah, you, you crazy. Nah, he yeah. punched shit out you. That's why I was like, yeah, I ain't never doing that again. That's funny. All right, so let me ask you too. What uh, what was your favorite childhood memory? Damn. Um, my favorite childhood memory. So I got, I got two. I got two to come to my mind off the top of my head. Um, one was, one was going, one was going with my dad to the 1997 NBA All-Star Weekend in Cleveland. And that was back at the time where, like, the NBA and my the NBA was, was really rocking with my pop. And, like, they would have him do a lot of, like, the celebrity shits, so, like the celebrity game or, you know, DJing something or whatever like that. So we would always go. Yeah. Uh, well, he would always go. And he took me with him to the joint in Cleveland. I remember that was... That was Kobe's dunk contest year. That was um, the rookie game with like AI and Kobe and all them. Um, and I remember my actually this is not a bad good memory, but it's stupid. So I remember I was so hyped off of Kobe being from Philly, Philly adjacent, and so hyped for AI that I only wanted to go to the um, I only wanted to go to the Rookie sophomore game. I did not want to go to the all-star game. I'm stupid. I'm incredibly stupid. Because I was a kid. But I remember we went to the game. And to my left, sitting next to me was Keenan and Kel. And I'm a kid. This is when all of that is like peak. All right. of so like they're like, oh shit. Like, you know, I'm looking at them like, yo, y'all Keenan and Kel. They're going to be like, yo, that's Jazzy Jeff. Yeah. And they're like, wait, you're Jazzy Jeff's son? So I remember chatting with Keenan and Kel the whole time. In front of us was Bill Murray. And 
I remember Bill Murray left his scarf at the game, <laughs> like after the game was over. And like somebody, somebody without saying names, was like, "Yo, I'm gonna get his scarf, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take his scarf back. I'm gonna give him his scarf back." Mm-hmm. And I remember he was just like, "Yo, I don't understand how you're gonna give him a scarf back." Whatever the case, I don't know if he ever got a scarf back. But I remember because I didn't go to the All Star game. My dad ended up in an elevator with Michael Jordan. And I think, like, like, you know, my dad and Mike knew each other at the time. And, like, I remember when he told like, he came back and told me, he was like, yeah, we was chilling with Mike before the game and stuff like that. And I'm so, like, blown, like, y'all were Michael Jordan, and I completely goofed that. Um, <laughs> so that was something I was just like, yeah, Dan, that was a bad joint. But, no, nah, that, that All-Star game was really ill. Yeah. Um, second memory of mine, man, was just, like, I remember just kind of being out, like, being out. The times I would go, have the chance to go out with, like, my dad to, like, L.A., or, um, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that. Like, I remember we, a couple of years ago, actually, you know, we just went out to L.A. and just, like, kicked it. And, you know, I think for, you know, my dad, my dad has been blessed to have many different careers, you know, obviously as a musician, but also um, as a producer and creating, you know, a production studio named A Touch of Jazz, which, you know, A Touch of Jazz and the producers there pretty much shaped, you know, R&B and neo-soul music in the late, in the early 2000s. Like, you always say it again. Jill Scott and all that. Jill Scott, music, poetry, like, basically, like, you know, Philly was very huge in the Neo Soul game, and we were in A Touch of Jazz, and my father was a part of that. Um, But, you know, just having a chance to, like, you know, he's all, I say that to say, he's had a chance, he's been blessed with many different careers. And, you know, a lot of times, and we all, we, we talked about it before, where it was just like, we didn't get a chance to really kick it with each other. So for us to just kind of be out and just seeing each other and just like chilling and really spending that time, that that was like, that's like a really dope memory of mine. All right. Well, we got one last question. For sure. And it's a question we ask all our guests. What advice would you give 18-year-old Corey? Um, just let your, let your, let your passion come to you. Like for me, Thinking back to who 18-year-old Corey was, you know, it was a very influential time in my life, obviously, trying to figure out what I wanted to do, who I wanted to be. You know, I think at that time, I had spent 18 years being Jazzy Jeff's son, you know, as perceived to the world. Like, I was always been my own person, always been my own man. But, like, that was a point in time in my life where it's like, all right, dog, like, what am I going to do? Like, you know, I always, I always used to joke and say that music – kind of skipped me like so you know people always ask like oh so you know do you dj or do you do music and i'm like nah man you know that kind of skipped me um and i think i kind of let pressures that weren't really there kind of influence me away from what i now realize is my passion you know like i i've been djing for a, a year and a half but like djing is my life you know what i'm saying i think i think djing is my life because in a certain sense, DJing has always been my life. DJing, I've always been around DJing. I've always been around amazing DJs. And I like to see the power that people have as DJs in controlling music for other people. Like it's like it's like some mesmerizing, like intoxicating shit. And you know, I kind of came into DJ and I was very kind of apprehensive with myself. Like, ah, you know, I don't know if I'm gonna be good or I don't know if I'm gonna be this, I'm gonna be that. You know, so I would just tell my 18-year-old self, like, yo, man, just, you know, let your passions come to you. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, don't you don't have to worry about seeking shit out. You don't got to worry about figuring out who you're going to be. Who you're going to be is going to happen. Um, and, you know, if you feel the urge to DJ, man, do that shit. <laughs> man, that's, that's, that's solid right there, man. Um, listen, bro. Uh, man, thank you so much, Corey, man, for joining us. No, listen. I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for having me. Like, I can't wait to hear this shit. Um, you know what I'm saying? And just, and just you know, y'all got a supporter of me through and through, for real. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>